Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Burning Man gets rained on. You're listening to The Biz Tape. Welcome to the Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. I'm your host, Colin McKay, with my lovely co-host, Coast to Coast, Josie, oh God, I am Josie. just out of it. Joseph <laughs> Wazaleski. <laughs> I like started yawning in the middle of that. I'm not going to recut it. Okay, I, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Josie was what, uh, that was my bully name <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> like people, when people bullied me and called home. me Josie. But so like looking good. back is hilarious. People just call but me my first name as my bully's name. Colin? No, oh, Glenn. Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway, man. Josie, glad <laughs> to have like, you on the show. There's a lot of layers to that one. Yeah. Um, welcome to have you on the show, Josie. It's going to be great. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. No worries. Glad to be I'm here. I'm glad you're here. Oh, God. Oh, I'm so out of it. I'm sorry. Um, no, you're good. You're good. Here, let me share a story uh, just to get our uh, chops a little uh, warmed up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before um, we start into this crap I shit. thought I had uh, lice. <laughs> This week. Why, why do we uh, feel like we have lice? Well, because, uh, Colin, we visited a, a niece who had lice. <laughs> that the, would make hair. me feel like I might and, have lice. Yeah, and we were like, oh, shit. And it was, a, it was very much an oh, shit moment um, where they caught it. They, what was crazy is they checked before anybody came. Um, and a doctor told them they did not have it and then they got an infestation on their head uh to which we found out later as we were going to another niece's birthday party <laughs> and uh Needless to say, it was a it was a wonderful adventure. This, You're uh, like, baby, start weekend. running the shower. There's no time <laughs> to explain. We we today we got fully checked. Uh, we had a we had a a uh, lice specialist, which I didn't even think those existed. That is very specialist. California. That is so it's LA. so California. And they came to our house. No, they did and not. This, la- this lady was so nice. She was the best. She came to her house. Okay. She was she she was talking about how uh, everything that she was using was natural, which I'm not the type of person that's like the natural thing is the way to go because in a lot of cases, especially if it's like a cleaning product situation, it's probably not going to get the job done. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, right. But this was this was after like we had pretty much nuked our hair with like the lice shampoo um and uh she did a very very thorough job of like checking every nook and cranny of our heads uh 
to see if the we lice had specialist. These little buggers. Yeah. Now they, I, I gotta ask: Does the lice specialist only specialize in lice, or is there? She doesn't. Like, you know what she is. Okay. Also? Well, that makes it more sustainable. She what does was, she do? Also, she's also a doula. Oh my god! <laughs> which we did not. Which we did not know. You're about to like. Out. You're about to just. And tell, she was you're so like, nice. She's also. She's also a spiritual advisor. You know. What I, I would mean? not. Like god, I would not be surprised <laughs> if, if that was on the resume. As well, but I'm okay. I'm telling you, I felt very safe. Five stars out of five stars, amazing person, and uh, our scalps are clean and happy. Um, so. On my side note, one story I wanted to tell you is that I saw a LinkedIn job posting, and it the title the title of it was just not that I'm looking for a job. I just love. LinkedIn for if you're in the entertainment industry because it doesn't know what to do with you, so it just sh- like craps out random things. So, Joe, I thought this would be particular to you. You can be your job title is photographer, which I thought lines up, and it's mm-hmm. hybrid, which is also nice. And it's for the United States Senate. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> you work from oh. nine to six, and okay. you could be paid 68k to 120k a year. So that that's okay. that's real chill. Um, that's pretty good. Uh, you must be self motivated. Didn't know that one. If you're working for the government, and uh, yeah, I just thought <laughs> the you. The government's should know. not going to motivate you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, remain agile and adapts to frequent changes. They might be sending you into the combat. I stretch. Zone. I stretch. Anyway, I just saw that and I was like, I got to mention this to Joe today. Anyway, let's get into our real thing where probably all the spiritual advisors were going to uh, over this last weekend. Uh, We're talking about the one, the only Burning Man, which is doing so great this year and always does nothing wrong. You know what, Colin? What about Burning Woman? Where is that one? (laughs) Burning They. Moving burning past that. Them. Burning Man, the world's most burning pretentious. We. we we are burning. Where's that festival? They are burning. Burning Man, the world's <laughs> most pretentious festival, has had some more issues this year other than attitude. If you have not heard about it, Joe and I are going to get into it. Basically, what happened is, is that Burning Man is in the middle of the desert. It's in a Black Rock City, Nevada, to be specific. And there's... 70 to 80,000 people that come to this festival, right? And it's literally they drive through all of this stuff, like go off the highway, just start driving in the middle of the desert. They set up, you know, usually a bunch of people take a bunch of uh, very legal drugs and um, (laughs) have a fun time watching things burn around and also are trying to make sure that their uh, startup has some investors while they're there. Yes. Anyway, the point yes. is, is like, it's very, they go, they go hand in hand. They go yeah. very hand in hand. So, you know, you, you have this high quality clientele. Usually they're on a, some sort of spiritual journey. You're just looking to have a fun time here in the middle of the desert in black rock city, Nevada. Well, this year, uh, it did not go so well as record rain hit the campsite kind of with that giant storm that hit uh, the West Coast in general that Joe was affected by. It was kind of on the tail end of that. And it's caused the desert to basically become the 90s alt-band puddle of mud, literally. (laughs) It is just so so bad. Oh, they did that Nirvana cover, remember? I do want you anyway. Anyway, keep going. Um, but like that that's my impression of an impression. But anyway, yeah. So puddle of mud out there. Basically, uh it started on Friday for this Labor Day weekend, and by Sunday, many of the attendees uh were stranded there as most of their vehicles couldn't get out of the conditions of the terrain. The literally mud everywhere. The rain started coming down on Friday. And then Saturday, the organizers of the festival ordered the festival to shelter in place and also conserve food and water, which is, you know, definitely not like a, we're having a fun time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like usually conserve food and water. It's not like, also we have cake in the kitchen if anybody wants any, but like literally it was, 
it, it was not going good. And they basically, the organizers of the festival made it. And so the only vehicles that could go in and out of the festival were emergency vehicles, even if they could get out of there. Right. Cause most of these vehicles just get trapped in the mud. Like even the all terrain ones would just get trapped in the mud because these are unprecedented levels of rain for a desert, like one inch of rain over this period, which just makes everything mud, which is very unusual. But apparently through all of this, spirits remained high, as I've been reading from NPR and a bunch of other things, as people almost found it as like a camaraderie moment, you know. Hey, guys, it's fashionable to be kind of surviving together. You know, I think that, like, if if there was a festival... Like Bonnaroo to have a camaraderie moment, Coachella, and they were in the middle of a war, like a war zone. There would still be people that would say, "Oh, but guys, we're all coming together here. Like, isn't this great? Us just being humans, just kind of trauma bonding together. Isn't this the most fun thing ever?" God, dude. No, yeah. So literally, they the most annoying people were having a great time out there. Apparently, given this, but <laughs> seriously though, people were trying to look up, have a good time with all of this, I guess. Um, and some people were not. Um, some people were having a very rough time and just hated every moment of being out there. There's a quote which I thought was really funny because like NPR goes off and says like, oh, you know. Like, all these people were, you know, going together and, like, sharing food and having a fun time, like, trying to figure it out. And then, like, my favorite is, like, this guy who I feel like there's, like, a level of being mad about something, especially with events where it's, like, you're mad and you want to give, like, a diatribe that has all these adjectives and explains everything. And then there's just mad where you're just short. And so I like this one from one guy named... uh, Joe Bamberg, who's apparently been in many Burning Man, he said he's seen couches, carpets, and clothes eventually dry out, but this time, quote, all is damp and will be ruined by mold. He goes, I'm not thrilled. People make do. It's part of the adventure. But I guess, so he kind of did end up, but I just think it's funny that he, it's very clear that he's that kind of mad where it's just like, I'm not even, I can't even verbalize anymore how mad I am. Anyway, so they're ordered to rain Friday, ordered to shelter place Saturday. Uh, people basically kind of read the writing on the wall, figure out, oh my God, this place is going to get shut down for, you know, who knows how long as literally like 70,000 people are out there. And so they decide to do their own journey through six miles of mud. <laughs> basically, People decided you to know, make a, go ahead. People, people like Diplo. <laughs> P I will get to Diplo. <laughs> so basically people decided you could make a six mile trek through like the solid slippery mud. Basically like people are literally, there's clips of them walking through it and they're like tripping through this whole thing. Cause you can't get through it. It's just solid mud. And they've got like all their stuff on their back. So some people decided to do that. And naturally, the people who decided my time's too valuable are the celebrities. They decided that they were like, we're not going to wait for this. We're getting out of here. And the way we're getting out of there is by our own two feet and having a fan drive us out of there when we have to get a car. Anyway, the point is, is that a lot of them decided to walk away, you know, these six mile trek, which seems to be terrible. And then they got picked up by all terrain vehicles, like on a road. Um, again, like naturally mostly celebs. And the, as Joe has mentioned, the one that kind of caught a lot of its attention was Diplo, who was with Chris rock out of all people who decided to hitch a ride with a fan out of the desert. And I was like, okay, you know, um, what is two celebrities I would never imagine talking to each other? So anyway, like <laughs> Diplo is like posting about it and kind of shows like, hey, everybody, look, we're like walking through the thing. And then like, here's like me in the truck with Chris Rock and everything. And uh, like he has a caption here saying, quote, I legit walk the side of the road for hours with my thumb out because I have a show in D.C. tonight and didn't want to let y'all down. 
Also, the show. I, I I would assume. Also, shout out to this guy for making the small purchase of a truck, not knowing it was for this exact moment. Which I was like, okay, all right, a little preachy. We're just gonna move past that. Which my favorite thing is the top comment of this is pay off his truck for him. Which I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah, pay off his truck for him. Fuck, yeah, you know what 100%. I mean? Like, fuck it. Between the two of you, I would be like, yeah, just give him the money for it. Um, but seriously, yeah, like literally, people were trying to get out of there because. 70,000 people were trying to ration water and food, so they decided to walk six miles. I even saw there was, like, some aid, or I think it was, like, from Obama's administration or something that was there, and they walked through it at midnight, like, through the darkness, which I was like, oh, my God. That's Um, terrifying. Yeah, it's uh, Neil... uh, Cat Jall, who is former acting Obama-era solicitor general, made the trek out. Um, he said it was an incredibly harrowing six-mile hike at midnight through heavy and slippery mud. So, yeah, like, people were ready to get the hell out of there. They were, you know, going through it. Lastly, let's go on to kind of what's going on now. So, Monday happens, and finally the ban is lifted. They are like, the organizers feel like it's a good time to let the people leave and the mass exodus begins as around 70,000 people all try to leave at once through again, still muddy shit. Um, (laughs) and so it didn't go as well as planned as of Tuesday morning. How how, how was it planned out? (laughs) The festival started asking people to consider staying a little longer. Um, (laughs) Because can you please but, stay in this unbearable desert? Pretty, yeah, literally, where we're we get a ration, food and water, you know, and everything. Yeah, they're so the let's say tensions were high. Basically, the festival starts backpedaling the day after, and was like, if you could just stay a little longer, that'd be great. Usually, as I was reading about it, because again, this is literally in the middle of the desert. Like, it's not like a a stone's throw from the highway. It is like in the middle of the Nevada desert. Fallout New Vegas has cutscenes where this place is taking place. Anyway, the point is, is that like the it is far away. It usually takes six to nine hours off the highway to get to where it is. Mm-hmm. Like, not like. Oh, you know, from your full destination, it's like when you turn right off the highway, you got six to nine hours of driving. Okay. So the traffic started getting so congested at one point on Monday, it was taking drivers roughly seven hours to to traverse a five mile route pocketed with puddles to the nearest paved road. God, that's five miles, seven hours. Which is just, I'm sure Joe's used to it in LA, but here it's very, uh, it's very different. Um, but like, apparently they will say, and the organizers, you said, said this on social media that by mid morning, the time had dropped to only two to three hours to go those five, five miles. So, oh wow. Only two hours. Right. Exactly. To go five miles and an LA commute, if you will. But, um, Basically, if you haven't looked up the pictures of it, you can see all of them driving out, and it, it's absolutely insane. I would look it up if you get a chance. If you look up Burning Man, just on Google right now, it'll come up, and it's literally just a legion of cars all driving out. Now, okay, cool. We, I guess, go and spend 13 to 14 to 15 to 16 hours driving to get to the highway. Then what the hell are we going to do? All 70,000 people in the middle of nowhere. Well, most of them traveled there, as there's a lot of high-profile clientele that go there, and the nearest airport is in Reno, Nevada, which is 120 miles away. So you're still driving probably two hours. Mm -hmm. Probably through heavy traffic as well. And then you're going to get on a flight that's like fully booked out. And then you're going to (laughs) fight for your life. At the yeah. Reno airport. As Reno airport, like, basically on social media, started warning, going, we do not have the capacity for overnight. Stay, like, basically, if your flight isn't confirmed, do not come here, right? Do not show up here at all, right? If you don't have to be here, don't be here. Um, so 
that was kind of like the end of the travel, but I, I'm sure the Reno airport is destitute, you know, and in the worst shape possible. But like, also, what's in the worst state possible is the campsite itself. Thankfully, in the end, um, injuries were less than expected with a 70,000 you know person crowd that had to shelter in place. Sadly, there was one death that was reported according to local police, and they're still investigating that at the time uh, that we're recording this show. And the site, again, is in total ruin. And apparently this is normal for it to be in total ruin, but it's like ruin more than usual, like, which is weird to say. According to one of the festival's long-time long slogans, uh, their mission is to, quote, leave no trace. But as the sheriff, Jerry Allen of Pershing County, Nevada, where the festival is held every year, said... Attendees usually leave a large amount of trash in Dorino and points beyond. The mess mm -hmm. this year was worse. <laughs> oh, man. So, like, yeah, they, they uh, you know, preach all these slogans about, like, we don't touch the environment, but then 70,000 people show up with all their generators and all this stuff, and guess what? Mm -hmm. Mess up the whole environment and literally leave a path of multi-hour destruction behind them. Um, as many of the people I've told you said they just refused to wait and decided to hike out and maybe get a ride from somebody, um, apparently a bunch of people just left their cars there, just left them to be out in the desert, basically. Damn. And they left a lot of their personal belongings there, too, as you can imagine, through the mud slipping and all that kind of stuff. It might just be better to leave the backpack if you feel like you can't make it with all the weight on the back of it. So a lot of them mm -hmm. decided to do that. Um, and they basically gave little care to what would happen to those items. And now we're dealing with what would happen to them. Quote, as usually happens in what burners refer to as the default world, people allow their emotions to override their reasonableness and they are lashing out at each other as they leave the playa, which is the desert, and attempt to make it to the next destination, which is honestly, which is a quote by the uh, Sheriff Jerry Allen, really the kind of sentiment uh, at the end of the day. They leave their reasonableness and they are lashing out at each other as they leave. But mm -hmm. thankfully, it seems that other than the tremendous amount of pollution, which I'm not going to take lightly either, this situation could have been much worse and has ended up being, you know, one of the better circumstances when I first was reading about it. But Joe, what's your overall kind of vibe from this? What are we thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of to touch on the, well, first, I guess, Colin, I want to answer your question with a question uh, mm -hmm. myself. But uh, what is your take on Burning Man in general? Like what is like what do you feel what do you think about Burning Man? Do you think do you think that's like a legitimate festival or do you think it's just kind of an excuse to for for people to just like be to to pretend like they give a shit about the environment? Yeah, Burning Man has always had a very strange vibe in that it felt like it was always like hey we're going to say that we're really concerned about the environment and we're there to kind of absorb it and be in nature and stuff. And then we're going to cause all the problems that are slowly destroying the environment as well, mm -hmm. you know, with all of this destructive tourism and pollution and kind of not giving a shit about what's going on and everything. So I, my personal thing with Burning Man has always been that I feel like it feels like a festival that's at odds with itself. I mean, it's very old now. Like, it's from 1986 was the first mm -hmm. Burning Man. And so it's almost going to be coming on, like, 40 years now, which is, you know, amazing. But it's never... It's always made a league of their own. But I would argue that in the terms of festivals, it's made their league of their own in the negative as well. As opposed yeah. to just being like, oh, well, you know, we were one of the first big festivals. It's like, we're one of the, you know, poster children for uh, hypocritical festivals that are going like, oh, we're just trying to, 
you know, have these 10 principles. That's their whole thing. They have like 10 principles. They like govern themselves on with the local communities. And then we're going to do the exact opposite of it, you know? So I don't know about you, Joe. It just seems like a, you know, kind of shed your, shed your guilt, shed your remorse, shed your sins, and let that just be absorbed into the environment. You know what I mean? That's what I've always felt like. And we'll just, we won't deal with it and we'll get a new, you know, set of skin every year. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. I've always thought like just the, the aspect of like, what do they do at Burning Man? (laughs) It's kind of like, the biggest question because it's like it's supposed to be this like arts festival right that kind of like morphed into this like like environmental festival slash arts festival slash to like billionaires are coming out to like not billionaires but like you know like I mean, very, some billionaires. Very wealthy yeah very wealthy people are coming out to party essentially everyone's just partying and nothing is like, which I, I wouldn't say like partying is like negative. I, I do think like there's something to like concerts, right? Where it's like you do, there is some level of like, oh, you get some enjoyment, you meet people, you have conversations. Like that's kind of the whole purpose of everything when it comes to entertainment, right? Is to, is to bring people together to feel connected and to feel kind of spiritual. Um, but I do feel like there is this like twisted way of like, looking at like these people that obviously could make real moves when it comes to the environmental problem in the environmental crisis of the world. Uh, but then just like choosing to just like throw down in a desert, <laughs> you know, right. because all the cool people are going there is kind of the, kind of the, my biggest like issue with it. Um, but I actually I saw a YouTube comment on because I was I was kind of kind of going through YouTube just to kind of get the vibe of Burning Man because it's been a long time since I've like even thought about the festival to be honest with you um, and it's kind of interesting with how massive this festival is I mean it is like it's truly a city at this point like it is it is a full fledged city it has a full fledged right. like city plan to it with leaders and construction and the whole infrastructure that's that's temporary infrastructure but is very planned out um but this one uh person comments one big criticism of burning man that i don't hear discussed enough is how artificial it is for the week-long event it is leave no trace as soon as possible uh, but as soon as people leave uh, Black Rock City, it's a free-for-all to see who can leave the biggest mess in the surrounding communities. I've seen places have to hire guards to stop burners from dumping their trash and leaving the local property owner to clean it up. My husband used to work at a U-Haul in Sparks, Nevada, and burners would routinely leave, uh, return their trucks, which technically weren't supposed to be taken to Burning Man in the first place, according to their rental contract, completely full of trash one time with trash that was literally a smoldering fire Mm. for the week-long event it was about radical inclusivity but uh, as soon as participants leave and go home they still are the type of people who show up to town hall meetings to oppose affordable housing being built in their communities for locals in northern nevada the event has become the one week a year that wealthy Silicon Valley types could come and cosplay as egalitarian and eco-friendly people before making a mess and going right back to what they were doing before Burning Man. So full of confidence that they that because they pretended for a week, they don't have to care about the next 51 weeks of the year. It's a shame because a lot of us who have lived here our whole lives remember when it truly was a place for people uh, who believed in the mission and vision of Burning Man, who used the event as a way to experiment on how they could apply those values and would go home genuinely changed by the experience and try to do better. It would be Mm. great if we could get back to that again. It's like kind of a crazy comment. It actually is kind of like a lower comment on the thing, but I feel like it's a very well thought out comment. 
Yeah, it's like kind of sums up a very true point of Burning Man. Um, and what's funny is this is on the video of uh, Demi Lee, who's a um, architect YouTuber uh, who kind of breaks down architecture. And she broke down uh, Burning Man as a city and like how it's planned, how it's put on. Um, and she even said, I mean, it's like foreshadowing. It's like, she, she was like, yeah, shit happens a lot and people die and it, it's crazy and this thing really shouldn't exist but here it is you know and like right. that's kind of that's kind of what i think like going back to when you were just like when we were kind of joking on like people being like you know they could be in the middle of a war zone right and they'd still see the good um i i do think that that is kind of the whole point of burning man right is to be in this uninhabitable place and then it's like defiance but it's kind of like it's defiance but isn't the whole point of being like uh conscious of like how wasteful we are to to kind of go with mother nature a bit (laughs) not just to like not just to like be like oh we can triumph over it because that's kind of the vibe I get from Burning Man. I, I don't really, I don't know. There's not. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely feels like contrarian to it's a lot of its values. And maybe it's just because it's so big now, you know, yeah. which, which a lot of old burners talk about, um, talk about that and how they're, they're kind of, they're feeling down about it. Um, there's one guy that was in another video, um, who was being interviewed during the mud crisis um, that basically was saying how this was kind of going, hearkening back to the early days of like only like 200 people like hunkered together and like mm-hmm. you're really getting to know each other and uh, you're like caring for each other. And that is one thing about Burning Man is like you're supposed to barter, you're supposed to like trade for food, water, supplies, whatever. But now it's like people are saying like, oh, when people are in crisis or need help during this, people help out. On the contrary to that, I saw other videos of people f- trying to flee even though they were suppo- they were told not to specifically because they would fuck up the roads. And yeah. those people don't care. So it's, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> the biggest lesson out of this is that humans can be shitty and good. Ultimately, I mean, it's just like straight being hypocritical. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I think it's interesting because one of the other tenets of Burning Man, one of the ten uh, Burning Man tenets, the ten principles, is uh, gifting. <laughs> the act of yeah. giving gifts. The value of gift is unconditional. Which you know, if you're just going to mess up what somebody else can to get out, you know, leaving no trace is another one. It just is all contradictory. Um, Intimacy, intimacy. Oh yeah, you're really intimate with all seventy thousand other people. Um, How much do you part- think Diplo got paid <laughs> to, to be there? <sighs> like that's the thing. Know. It's like I feel like Coachella. People view Coachella as the influencer festival, but I actually think Burning Man is like the most. The Burning Man is lane. well. The thing about Burning Man is like it's it's innately because it's separated from music. It, it has to focus on something else. That's just not a, uh, you know, music based thing. So they hit all these experiences, Mm -hmm. but it is kind of amazing. Like when you go to the website and I'm reading it right now, like the lack of information, like it feels like I'm sitting there being like, hello, what what does this mean? You know what I mean? Like what is going Mm -hmm. on? You know? And I get it's like supposed to be kind of the allure and the mystery of basically it, but it, it's it's really funny. And also, I just think it's very strange, like, and also really funny to me that the phrase for people that go to the festival are burners, which is exactly what I would describe Burning Man. Like, it just is burning everything in its path, right? Yeah, it's just burning the environment that it sits on. It's burning the communities it's around. It's literally just burning, and like 
people are hyped for burning, but they're not hyped for, you know, they just leave when there's the repercussions, you know, there's, they leave when there's just the ash that's left there at the end of the day. So I just find yeah. it really ironic that it, they're burners, you know what I mean? Cause I know they burn the giant burning man thing in the middle or whatever, but like, uh, apparently this year also, which I thought was like really funny to me. It's like, if you, I don't know. I don't know what you guys believe. You know, you can believe anything, but if you really wanted an ultimate universal, this is a bad idea. If the point of your festival is to burn something and the world and the, in the sky above decides to go no and press <laughs> rainwater down onto the thing you're supposed to burn. I don't know what you believe, but that might be a sign. You know what I mean? <laughs> that yeah, we should not, not be doing this. <laughs> Yeah. They had I, to know, apparently delay doing that for two days. I don't think they burned it until like I don't, Monday night. They, they did burn it. I thought they yeah, did. Yeah, they did I burn they it, but it, it was like, you know, it's almost like, like a the, uh, for the metaphor people. for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. it's Where it's like, it's we're just going to keep cluster. doing it even though we're not supposed to, even though everything's stopping us from doing it. Um, yeah. I was having um, a really interesting conversation with a, a family member about just what to do with the environment um, and like, you know, how people should feel about it because it, it's, we were talking about how like the narrative, right. Is like, Oh, each individual person, it's your responsibility to recycle. It's your responsibility. Meanwhile, mega corporations are like pollute, like pumping trillions of gallons of whatever into the ocean of oil or garbage or, you know, like your your little Starbucks cup that you recycle might not offset the insane amount of waste coming from these mega corporations. Um, but we were talking about like the aftermath, right? Of like what what is like Earth look like when you know global warming eventually takes over? I mean, literally burning over, men. But like, yeah, but like what what does that look like? And like their their hypothesis was like. Well, it's going to be a lot of lower income communities and people that are going to suffer the most because it's like they don't have shelter. They don't have the supplies or money to get them from point A to point B. Uh, most of the earth is just going to be uninhabitable for people living outside, right? You mm -hmm. have to have some form of shelter. And what I think as well kind of hopping on that idea is like it kind of shows that like things i feel like capitalism is really going to like have a heyday honestly during the end of the world because it's gonna we're gonna start seeing things that are gonna be shockingly expensive that were not expensive before right like air conditioning units or um transportation or electricity or whatever <laughs> like all of those things are going to start hiking up in price. But the main thing is that whereas a lot of like middle to low income people are like rightfully afraid <laughs> of uh, what the environment has in store for us. Um, a lot of these rich people don't care because it doesn't matter to them. They'll be able to fly their jet wherever, whenever. And that's something that, like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we don't know what's truly going to happen if mm -hmm. we hit tip tip over that threshold. But that's something to, like, that is kind of, it's kind of the same thing that they're doing here, right? They don't, they truly don't care about it. It's just the narrative. It's just the, it's the look of what they're doing is all they, all they care about. Like every, every company is trying to go green. They greenwash. Mm -hmm. Burning man is greenwashing to its core <laughs> pretty much. Um, I, I think it's literally epitome of like, Oh, wash away all your, you know, wash away all your sins, wash it. And you're like, maybe we shouldn't, maybe yeah. we shouldn't or burn really is what it should be. It's like, maybe we mm -hmm. shouldn't. So, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Joe and I have already bought our tickets for next year, so we can have yeah, yeah. Us. We're gonna be there. We're gonna we're gonna come be there. To you live from Burning Man. What if we were like? 
<laughs> and be <laughs> like, guys, this fucking <laughs> sucks. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, here we are in Burning Man. It's hot as balls. It's Some guy so hot. offered me stock in his new company. <laughs> hey, guys. There's a lot going on. Just every, every podcast, 361 days till Burning Man. 355 days till Burning Man. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A question I've, I've been pondering in my own mind. Um, do you think Silicon Valley is dead or even silicon valley anymore um they're at burning man so i mean yeah i mean fair <laughs> but i mean like even bad like, time to ask the, um i mean the state of social media and like a lot of these tech companies it's pretty bleak looking <laughs> at the moment um, you really want to get into this now you want to yeah get into yeah let's now. do it 
Hey, All right. and business talk goes hand in hand, Colin. After this, we're going to burn our desks. <laughs> we're just going to burn the freaking... We're going to uh, burn our mics. Q2, live. Q3 reports. Um, I mean, I don't think it is. I think it's changed a lot. I think that because I guess, of do the you, way... Do you, think, do you think it's like as important of a hub as it was in the past? I would say due to the rise of especially the workforce being online and globalization, it doesn't have to be as centralized anymore if we're actually talking about Silicon Valley and where it's located and everything. Um, But at the same time, we're seeing a lot of different tech companies now folding on their, oh, you could just work from home. They're like, Amazon's making people work or they're, you know, like literally threatening people to move states, you know, to keep their job and people are just quitting. And then there is, uh, you know, other companies like Meta's doing it and uh, X is doing it where it's like, oh, yeah, now you have to come into the office and there's kind of this so i think they're trying to kind of force that back in that like mm-hmm. real silicon valley campus experience to kind of show their power to their employees but also the world but i think it's kind of shifted because it used to be very much this kind of branching path of you know Oh, the internet and what it brings. And now it's just towards AI, you know, and AI is just kind of extremely globalized and doesn't, again, because of the way that we do work now, doesn't have to be centrally located somewhere where you have to be three feet away from the server to access it. So I I think it's, I think it's a tough question to answer. I mean, I do think Silicon Valley in terms of the companies still exists, but I think it's rapidly changing to be more towards that kind of, you know, AI kind of side where it's not the traditional Silicon Valley that we're used to where a Google, for instance, is just going to throw up a bajillion dollars at whatever it wants to. Now Google's just like, oh, we'll just only do AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all we're going to throw money at. Forget the Google Glass. Forget the Google Games. Forget it. You know what I mean? But what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think the infrastructure itself has been shifting. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with many factors. One of that being the pandemic. Right. Right. Um, I also think like what's funny is a lot of them are going to Phoenix, Arizona, which I think is, it's kind of hilarious cause it's like servers need to be cool, <laughs> but they're going to a middle, the middle of a desert and to, burning uh, man needs to be dry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they're they're shifting towards like a lot of these companies are shifting towards those like more expansive parts of the U.S. because of the amount of space to add more servers, um, but also because the land itself is so much cheaper, um, which I think is is very interesting. Um, and also too, like a lot of the states are incentivizing those companies to come out for like tax cuts and like all that other stuff, um, which we'll see what happens if social media dies in the next five years. Um, but yeah, I think like, I don't know. I, you know, I guess it's the trillion dollar question, right. Of what's the next. Sil- where's the next Silicon Valley? Maybe it's not even in the U S. <laughs> um, which, that's, you know, <laughs> this could be a thing. It's yeah. I mean, it's weird that we have to say that, but, uh, you know, U.S. supremacy pretty much uh, has existed on the internet. Um, so it's it's a new world for sure. And I do think AI is going to like, we're kind of in the like the supersonic speed speed run <laughs> of, of internet uh, at this point because I feel like AI is just going to like shoot technology left and right. Like I feel like technology is just going to get more and more insane um, in such a faster rate. Yeah. Um, with how a lot of these companies and tech giants are going to use it. Um, but I also think there's going to be a lot of shifts uh, and a lot of fold up. I think companies, even big companies, are not going to know what to do. Um, and they'll probably go out of business. Yeah.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes, Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, speaking of seeing, Colin, what about hearing? What have you been listening to? Uh, I thought I was just going to hold that until I uh, find the thing I'm loading up on my YouTube music. Um, Let me see. Um, Well, I have to say, I've been playing the slowed and reverbed Margaritaville more for Jimmy Buffett since uh, he's gone. Poor one out. Poor, poor. Only I'm so, actually going to have a margarita after this. Are you fucking kidding me? Wow. I'm not kidding. I, I'm well, going to do it for Jimmy. Yeah, I don't know why at work it's become my song. Is I'd, I like to play really stupid music on Fridays, and the thing I've been playing is slowed and reverb Margaritaville for a couple of weeks. And instead of like the, <laughs> instead of the ding, 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 it's like, Din 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 
Ding, 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 ding. I like it. Sipping on sponge cake. <laughs> anyway, but like literally, that's what it's like. And oh, my coworker, I like one of my coworkers texted me when it said that Jimmy Buffett had passed away. He goes, I'm implementing a new policy where we just play slowed and reverb uh, Margaritaville every day for Jimmy. <laughs> And uh, yeah, man, Jimmy Buffett. I listened to. I it was really weird before he died. I was like randomly listening to Jimmy Buffett. Like I was just like, I want to listen to the changes in latitudes, changes in attitudes. I was just sitting up there in our kind of speaker department working on stuff, and I was like, then like two days later on the Friday, he like passed away, and I was like, damn, what a weird. Like I like it was weird. It was like the I was just beckoned to that, but um, no, I was listening to some Jimmy Buffett. And um, it it holds up pretty well. And Jimmy, I mean, is definitely one of the most interesting musicians from a music business angle just because he really took a career that would have been just a regular level career and skyrocketed it into a billion-dollar business and, um, and branding. And I think that, you know, with Jimmy Buffett gone now, it's it's really amazing to kind of look at his life and be like, wow, this guy took like what could have been just like his one hit wonder song. And like, you know, like one other song that was kind of a hit and he made that into a household name by keeping the branding, doing all this stuff, being a household name and just being a business, having so much business acumen. It's really amazing to see. So, I mean, you know, that Joe's pouring one out for Jimmy Buffett tonight. And also he did have to go on a three day weekend. Didn't he like, that's the most Jimmy Buffett thing ever is that he <laughs> left on Labor Day week. He left on like it, he, he left on the holiday that is explicitly for not working. It's that's, not like one we're in remember like remembrance for. Shit. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Um, that's so crazy. Also, side note, wow. I was listening to Sade and he I was, was just timing it. <laughs> he was like, this is the one. This yeah, is that's the Labor it. Day. Uh, fun, fun fact, his other really hit song, Come Monday, um, which was like his first hit song. He has a line in it and he goes, getting ready for the Labor Day show. And it's <laughs> like, what? Um, anyway, more Jimmy Buffett facts on the next episode. Joe, what are, we listening, what are you listening to? Um, I've been listening to Katie Kirby's uh, newest release, Cubic Zirconia, which is a really sick song. I've also been listening to the new Angie McMahon uh, singles. Uh, one is Letting Go, which is a great song. Honestly, like every song coming out uh, for this project is just incredible. Um, really excited about the rest of the record coming out as well. Um, and then kind of us like an artist that not many people know about, but, um, it's a project called a beacon school, um, came out with an EP recently. Uh, it's the first release in like since 2018, um, which is actually, that's not true. They had 2022, but like the project's like coming back to life, uh, since mm-hmm. 2019, 2018, Um, and I don't know, it's like, it's, it's a project that's like really gotten in my head, like a lot. It just has like a ton of songs that, um, are really interesting. It's kind of like, it's kind of like experimental. Um, it's almost like math rock, but then it's like, uh, it has like a, a bit of like a house beat to it. (laughs) So I don't know. It's like, it's hard to explain. It's so, it's very different than anything else I've really listened to. Um, Sick. And it's got like a little bit of like an emo vocal on the top. Um, but a little bit emo. Very, very sick. Yeah. Super emo. Emo for, Elmo. for Burning Man. Uh, I, You know, I was going to say Elmo too, but I didn't. And now I'm... Elmo's world. Now, now I hate myself. And I'm going to go... <laughs> Elmo's going to help you work on that. I'm gonna have this mark. I'm gonna pour one out for Jimmy. I'm gonna pour one out for Jimmy. And Burning Man.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.